Welcome to Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You, the podcast that focuses on Christians that are active in everyday life. Join in as we speak to everyone from successful business owners to educators to athletes about their faith and how it helps them reach out and revolutionize those around them to do the same. And now, get ready to roar with your host, the voice of manifestation, John Fuller. Hey, Roar Nation, John Fuller here, and I am fired up because it has been over a year since we have been in the studio to do a recording. Obviously, a lot has changed. We've gone through the pandemic together. We can get into all kinds of crazy stuff at some point of uh, what that's looked like in our lives. But as we relaunch and we start doing stuff, we're going to change things around. We're going to start talking about marriage and family, obviously business, all different types of things. But on July 9th this year, coming up here pretty quick, we're going to be having a revival service in Amarillo, Texas. And uh, this is mostly the brainchild behind this is my guest, Cher Butler, and my wife, Casey. And I'm excited about it because just wanting to see God show up in a mighty way in Amarillo and all through the United States. So that kind of is going to segue right now into what we're about to talk about. I have Cher and her husband, Ryan. Uh, Ryan is our background audience. Woo! Go, Ryan! So anyways, Cher, are you fired up and ready to go? I am. Let's okay. Go. Let's do this. Let's do this. So what you don't know, audience, this is our third try. I've had my computer already crash twice, which has been interesting, and freeze on us. So Cher, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, just eye winks, who you are, 30,000 foot view, and then we're going to dive into your background. I was born, let's start when I was born. I was born in Arkansas. My sister was born in Detroit, Michigan, and we landed in Amarillo. Our our parents uh, couldn't keep us, and there was a series of events, and so we were actually left in a car, found by somebody, taken in uh, to the state's care, put through foster care. Just a random car? I don't know. Don't I just know? don't this remember. Okay. Yeah. That's um, crazy. So I'm not sure whose car it was. That's good. I, I need to go back and read the I was just curious. I'm just curious. Yeah. I'm just like, we were in a car. We were, all I know is we were in a car and somebody found us. I think it was a teenager from the reports that I was told. So, okay. which I know was God's divine intervention. And so mm-hmm. we were placed in foster care for two years and then we were adopted by a wonderful woman named Ruthie Dickey who is the co-founder of the ministry we're in now. However, she was married to somebody who was living a double life. So that became my adopted father. And because of the things he was doing, there was lots of demonic activity in the home. Now, I didn't know what a demon was. I was little. No one had taught me about a, a demon. But I knew that I was in the presence of evil. So I had like a spiritual knowing that it was demonic. Right. And so... That was a tough time. And then my childhood was kind of kind of a blur for, for many years because I got into dabbling, you know, with smoking weed and partying and just really like living my best life now. Right. So I thought <laughs> that's what they I was call good it. my best life now. Yeah. I was thinking I was living that. But, you know, it just didn't satisfy. Right. We've all heard this. It didn't satisfy. Right. So then I go to college and I get all these degrees because I feel like I'm going to be important. And then that didn't satisfy. Your, I'm curious. I'm just 
Side note, did you feel like your identity, like you were going to find identity? Yes. Okay. So about getting educated and that stuff was about proving to the man or proving to people that I had worth. That's exactly right. So That's good. And now I did have an encounter with God whenever I was 14. Okay. And so I remember that. Um, It was in the hospital room when my grandpa died. So actually through Mm. death, I had an encounter with God. I remember feeling his presence, but... My mom was sick and dying, and my adopted mom. Your adopted mom, yeah. And so, and I call her mom because that you right. know I, I believe your mom is who who raises who raised you. you yeah. And so, I just didn't see God moving in my life. We grew up in a church that was very religious, so I was introduced to Jesus. Right. I had a love for Jesus, but I didn't have an encounter right. with Jesus. Yeah, it makes so, all the difference. You know, that's a little bit about the background. Hey, I got, I got, I'm so stuck. I don't know why. Since you said it. Have you ever asked the Lord or thought about why a car, why you were found in a car? No, I haven't, but... So, it's interesting to me. So, if you look it up, like, in dream interpretation from a biblical standpoint, I'm not... And I want to be really clear to the audience. I'm not talking about weird tarot crap or anything like that. But from a biblical standpoint, a car usually represents ministry. Right. Yeah. And I just think it's really interesting if, like, where God's taking you, what you're doing, and the fact that you were found in... You were found in a car. I just encourage you. I, I think there's something there. I'd encourage you to really ask the Lord and dig into that. So, Hey, that's good. Note. That's a good side note. Uh, I never thought of it that way, but you're right. No. You, you are I right. Mean, there's, there's a reason for it. Right. So you went to school you got degrees. What happened then? So uh, whenever I was 19, I, I got radically saved in my bedroom, actually at my grandma's house okay. because uh, my mom now my adopted parents moved and then me and my boyfriend broke up and then I had nowhere to go, you know, so I'm at grandma's house and I was always her favorite. So it was a good place to be. (laughs) But so I remember I was just, I felt suicidal, not to the point where, you know, some people actually have that where they're going to do it. I I just felt like that all the time. I was just like, God, if you're real, show up. I don't even want to live type thing. And then I felt the presence of God. I had a dream a prophetic dream with a Bible verse written across a windowsill, answering questions that I had had. In your dream, you're looking at the window. God writes on the window and was answering questions you had in the dream. You're, yes, you're, do the you're, scriptures. You're, okay, and you're reading them on the window. Right. That's cool. Okay. Right. And then um, there's a series of other things that happened in that dream. But when I woke up, I was like, whoa, God's talking to me. Had, that- you, had you ever had that before where you knew God was talking to you? No, not, not like, like that. that. Okay. No, not okay, like that. Cool. I mean, I feel like I've had ministering spirits, angels ministering to me throughout my life, but not in this way where I called out to him in a real way and mm-hmm. he answered. Yeah, right. You were desperate. Right. When that happened, I started reading the Bible. And so I worked at Gold's Gym and they called me Bible Barbie <laughs> because I read the Bible 24-7. I was obsessed. I love it. Anyone who knows me knows that if I'm going after something, I'm going after it. So yeah. when God got me, that was it. And so I started going after it and I called a friend and I was like, God says he heals the sick, raises the dead and casts out demons. I said, I've never seen that. Where does that ever happen? And he's like, you need to go to revival. I'd never even heard of revival. So who said that? Or you heard a the friend, word? a friend, okay. an, an old friend. I called, gotcha. I called him up and asked, you know, why does the scripture say this? But I've never seen it. Okay. And he says, you know, you need to go to revival. I didn't even know what that meant. Yeah. And then I don't even know how it came to be now, but I remember that down the street, Keith Miller had a tent revival in Amarillo, Texas, and I went there. It was like seven days. And where was this at? So, like, what part of town? I'm just curious. It was 
closer to like Randall, okay. Randall High School. Okay. So it was in that area, just in a, a field, and they put up a tent, and I walked in there, and I'm sitting in the, in this audience, and so there's I went out a couple hundred people. And this evangelist from Australia like turns and he's like, there's a light around you. And he's like pointing in the crowd. So I'm like turning behind me to say, you know, who has this light? <laughs> uh, that's so, who is know, it? that's so cool. And then they're like, it's you. So I, I found out with me, but then I was like, oh God, it better not be me. I don't want to get up in front of these people. And I didn't know much about the word, really. I just felt the love of God. That's all yes. I knew. And so they called me to the front and they prophesied into my life that I was going to be a warrior for Christ, that I was going to go forth. And then prayed over me. I fell back in the spirit. I was touched by God. And I believe that that's whenever I got the baptism of the fire. So real quick, this is what I think is cool. So you have no basis for quote church. You have no idea about the gifts, right? I'm assuming. I had religion and so gifts weren't allowed. Okay. So for you to experience or see any of this was like totally new. Right. So the fact, because sometimes, you know, we see on TV, Somebody says, "Oh, in the name of Jesus," and they fall over something. And, and yeah, I, never I, I'm sorry, that. I'm a skeptic, and uh, but I've experienced it. Like I've been in a service, and all of a sudden, I'm waking up off the floor, and I'm like, "What happened?" Right. So for you, that happened. Yeah, that's exactly okay. what happened. And I was definitely a skeptic because I was intellectual, so everything okay. had to be proven gotcha. to me. So when this happened, what I believe, uh, I know, baptized with the fire. So that fire, you're talking about being fired up, that fire has never left. So that's how it all began. My life was still a mess for some years to come until I got delivered. Okay, so let's talk about that because, you know, sometimes we think, or our prayer is God show up, change my life, right? So I think in our mind mentally, we're like, okay, uh, I get saved on Monday and then by Friday, my life should start coming together and everything's going right. to work out and all this stuff. So why don't you talk about some of that journey? Because it just, it never works. I should say, I shouldn't say never. I do know some people were like, right. there's been some crazy things happening in literally transform. It didn't happen for me. What was that like for you? I got the fire of God and my spirit was quickened okay. and it was made perfect and whole with God. Okay. Right. But my soul, my mind, will, and emotions was was in a mess. And mm-hmm. I, I had demons in there and I didn't know what that was for years, even after. Somebody listening right now is like, OK, wait a second. You just said you got saved. You got the fire of God. You're filled up. But you, then you said, I have demons. Right. How is that possible as a Christian? How, how can you sit there and say you have a demon if you have Jesus? Well, because it says in the word that, you know, if we don't watch out, we'll give the devil a place. We can be taken over to be captive to do his will. You know, and he's speaking to Christians when he says that. Right. He's not he's not speaking to non-believers. He's speaking to believers when he says that. Right. So Paul was telling Timothy that, and he talked about two different people that became shipwrecked, handed over to Satan to do his will when they lost their faith. And so really, you can have demons in, in the soulish realm, so your mind, will, and emotions. And we know, if we think about it. also refers to them as strongholds. Yeah, they're strongholds in the mind. That's how they start. You know, we stand that long enough, then there can be a demonic presence attached to that. And so, of course, that that was unheard of to me, too. I didn't. It took I don't even know how many years after that. I don't know, seven, eight years for me to even learn that that could be possible. So I was bound in that area of my life because I was never taught about it. But I read about it in Scripture, like you said, and thought, oh, that's just for the non-believer. Did you ever feel like you were going crazy in a sense or you were quote a bad Christian because on one hand, like you're like, I'm excited. I love Jesus. I want to go after him. I want to serve. I want to do all these amazing things. But then your soul side, your flesh, you're like, yeah. you're living like hell. 
mm-hmm. doing all the things you don't want to do, but yet you do them anyway. Yes. Yep, I did. I felt like Paul, just like when yeah. he was saying that, I felt like that. I, I was actually, I felt like the drunk preacher. <laughs> that's what I felt like because because I had, never heard that, I, that I had alcohol in my bloodline, right. and so things did change. I'm not going to say some things. You know, I didn't get delivered to some things. I did. I had. Um, I would think you have clarity of what's right. Going on, right. There were some major changes, but I just had so many things to unpack. So. I don't think unless God would have taken, which he did through deliverance, alcohol from me, I ever could have stopped. So I just felt like tormented. You know, it's like the devil entices us to do things. And then it says, oh, look what you did. And so I feel like a hypocrite every day. And so, you know, whenever I'd go out and drink and stuff, I would talk about Jesus. But I would talk about Jesus when I wasn't drinking. I would talk about Jesus 24-7. So then I'm like, wow, I'm just the drunk preacher. And... (laughs) So I think I had someone actually say that to me years after I had quit drinking. Oh, I remember you used to drink. You just must be the drunk preacher making fun of me. And I was like, you're right. That's what I was. And now I've been delivered. It's a great testimony. Okay. So let's go into, you get school. You're like around 19. You got in the fire of God. You're working through some stuff. What was some of the process of God refining you or going through, get you to the place you're at now? Okay, so the biggest refinery's fire to get me to where I am now was getting married. And of course, I was convinced <laughs> it was all Ryan's my husband's back here fault. Left. Everything was Ryan's fault? Everything was Ryan's fault. And uh, what Sorry, I learned, Ryan. yeah, what I learned through this is God, we, we go to God and we tell him about our spouse, but he'll tell us about us. And so he told me, I didn't, you know, marriage isn't about being happy. It's about training you to be holy. And with that joy comes. So it's a greater level. So that was the biggest process of the refinery's fire was learning a lot about myself with how I treated my spouse. So there's nothing like sitting there whining to God about somebody or your spouse and then him like, "Uh, actually, let's just work on you. Yeah. He's like, well, what did you do about it? And I'm like, oh, well, don't you know? Let me be honest. God strategically put great mentors in my life. Like people, I mean, that I can never even think to meet at the right time in the right place. These mentors would come into my life, these strong women of God, and they would help mentor me as well. So that was a big part of it. I'm curious, were you rebellious at all? Um, Growing up, were you rebellious? Yes, I, okay. I I was definitely rebellious. Okay, so was that hard for you at any point to allow these women or mentors? Because I think sometimes God places people in our life, obviously, to mentor us or to learn from. But then out of our rebellion, we want to kick back or buck because we don't like what we're hearing. Right. Was that hard for you at all? Or were you able to recognize, like, I'm wrong and I need to change? It was hard, but I didn't. Before I received the mentoring, whenever I was 19 and I started reading the Bible, I remember I was reading in the scripture um, in Proverbs where it says, those who do not take correction are stupid. And I, that really got to me. I, was I like, love I, it because it's black and white. I was it's like, smoke. I don't want to be stupid. So right. I learned Amen. then Amen. immediately I need correction. So when they came into my life and corrected me, yeah, it hurt. And I might right. be like, hey, I'll call you back in a minute. But then I would call them back and be like, you're right. Right. It hurts, but it wasn't hard to take the correction. I knew I needed it. My soul craved it. I mean, that fire kept pulling me in yeah. so strong. And I, I knew I had to You know, when you it. said that, the first thing I thought of is, is our soul or our spirit desires truth. Yeah. And so the moment we're hearing those things, it's like confirmation to our spirit saying, this is what God is wanting to do. This is what he's saying. And we desire it because it's truth. Okay. So I'm going to have fun for here for a minute. I got to go on this one. So... When you get married, how long have you all been married? Nine years. Okay, nine years. We've been married, Casey and I, for 23 years. And 
what I've realized is, is God partners with typically it's our opposite. And just like you guys, we hit heads hard for a lot of years. But did you come to a place where you realized like you were wrong? Like you just recognize, like you always think it's your spouse, Mm -hmm. but you finally realize like, oh, they're right. Or they're different or like they're different for a reason. Like we're totally opposites and we're having to learn to come together to be one. Did you have that moment where you're like, Ryan, I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah. (laughs) This is vindication for you, Ryan. (laughs) I did. I had that moment when I walked into a church in Odessa, Texas, not knowing that it was a revival, just going to check it out. And they say, you're at revival. And then next thing I know, I'm at the front and just telling them, hey, I don't have joy, you know, of course, and anything. And it must be my spouse's fault. And they cast out a spirit of false religion. And Did you even know what that was at the time? No, because I'd never, I'd never been into witchcraft or what I would consider a false religion. You know, right, we can name right. a few, but I never, I'd only ever read the Bible. But okay. the Lord told me to deny the gifts, to deny the spirit moving is false. So that's pretty interesting. So we see that in a lot of Christian churches that right. are considered not false. So when I got delivered of that, alcohol left, depression left, and then really? um, some pride left. I guess you know some yeah. pride that keeps us. And I was able to see. Oh, my condition, I love my husband better. I was able to see that I was wrong. Yeah. I mean, like, it's like the blinders came off. And I was able to love my children in a way that I had never, I already thought I'd loved them right. so deep, but in oh, a way. Oh, that's good. So that was like an instant type deal. Like, you're yes. just like, oh, that's cool. And it was like three main things. You know, I had more that I needed, but yeah. that helped a lot. I like how God does it is, uh, I always think of it like an onion. Like, he'll peel a layer. Yes. And sometimes those layers are so freaking painful, man. You're just like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I can't go any deeper. And then you get healing from that. And then you, some time passes and you're able to go to another one. And then sometimes he just rips all three off and you're just like, ouch, that wasn't yeah. too bad, but we're making some progress. Exactly. So at what point in your life, you know, we've talked a little bit about your journey, but at what point were you like, okay, God's called me to ministry. God, I, I know I'm called to do something else. What did, what did that moment look like for you? So a lady called me and asked, if I kill myself, will I go to hell? And I did said... Did you know the lady or is this a I random call? No, I did know her. Okay. I did know her, and but not, not very well. And so I, I thought about that and I said, well, that's a dangerous thing to play with. Why don't you come over so I can pray with you? You know what I mean? Just yeah. thinking like that. So she comes over and as I'm walking in the backyard to put my dog, I'm praying, God... I don't know what to do, so do this for me. I go back in the house. I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit so strong. It's like it wasn't even me. And we start dealing with a spirit of suicide. I never knew this language. No one taught me this. The Spirit, Holy Spirit taught me this. And her face starts to contort, and she's speaking in a different voice. And it's like one of those extreme deliverances. You have know? you ever seen it? Have you, you, you have no grid for this. No grid for this. Okay, so you, this is totally out and of your mind. And this is the too. first one. Are you, in your mind, are you thinking, like, what's going on right now? Or were you, were you chill? I, were you I was empowered. I was okay. like, I had so much authority. And then we went to her house. She's like, we pray over my house. And there was manifestations in her house. And I was on top of the world. I was on fire. I was like, this is so great until I was laying down in bed that night and I was back in the flesh and I was seeing the images and God was like, you still have to deal with fear. Like you've got to get over this. Hmm. And you were fearful of what, what you saw demons. Okay. I always hated demons growing up. Once, once I recognized that's what I was dealing with. So I hated horror movies. You know, I watched the exorcist. I hated that. And so I really, you know, 
that was one thing I told God I really wasn't ever going to deal with was demons, right? I wasn't okay. going to do, you know, deliverance. <laughs> I love how we tell God what we're not going to do. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. that's what you deal with now. And so that's how it all started. I mean, and then... So what was her story? So she got delivered? I mean, she yeah, was... Yeah, she did. She got okay. delivered. So, and then it's just like the best marketing is word of mouth. And that's, you know, Holy Spirit did that for yeah. us. And so we just became so busy that, you know, then we, you know, we formed it as a nonprofit and it started with inner healing and deliverance and then moved into the prophetic Real training. quick, why don't you dive into just the difference between... Because there's people listening right now that have no grid for anything we're talking about. So why don't you talk about the difference between inner healing and deliverance and what that kind of looks like? Just yeah. So inner healing is what I would talk about your heart wounds and also strongholds of the mind. So inner vows, things like I will never let a man hurt me. Um, I'll never get ahead. You know, how about I'll never deal with demons? Right. (laughs) Right. And inner vows. So we build up these things. We build up these walls. It's all inner. So it's like. Inner healing is healing from the inside. And interestingly enough, when we deal with the inside, a lot of the physical stuff on the outside, you know, the cancers, the tumors, the rheumatoid arthritis, multiple sclerosis, all this autoimmune start to correct themselves because it's rooted in something spiritual, which that's a whole nother topic. But scripture says that he binds up our wounds and he heals our broken heart. That is inner healing. And so deliverance is, let's keep it real simple and plain. It's casting out demons. That's what it is. And it's Christians. 99% of deliverance we do is with Christians. You know, I think of more of like the exorcism type stuff with the non-believer because you can't be possessed fully like that if you're a Christian. Correct. Because your spirit's quickened to the Lord. When you're not a Christian, your spirit's not even quickened. It's not born again. So that's where you see the possession. So there's a difference between even that. All right. So God's called you to, at that point, uh, you said word of mouth starts to pick up. So what has... God been doing like these last couple years, like we were talking earlier in the kitchen uh, with you and Ryan, you're just talking about kind of like some of the prophetic words God's given you. What what have you seen these last three to five years of what God's starting to do in your life? Okay. So in my personal life, what God is, is doing is what he's doing with a lot of us is he is transitioning us to walking in what I would call, we go from transformation, which is the renewing of the mind. You know, transformation starts with renewing of the mind and it starts with faith and trust, like two separate rivers that combine. And so when you have that, you enter into rest. So that's what he's been teaching me. And it's taken this long, how to rest in the Lord, because the product of rest is abiding. So we all hear, you know, in the scripture, it says that abide in me. And we, and we quote that, but when we really abide in him, it's because we're in complete rest. After we come into that place of abiding. What, what does that look like in your life? You said the Lord's taking you through that right now. What, is, what does that look like for you personally? Well, we I work in the office of the prophet and the prophetic. And so with that, it's trusting even the prophetic words. Like, for instance, in my own life, I found that I have questioned certain things that God has said. Even like we were talking about last night with our children, raising our children in words that I've gotten now, when I give a word to somebody else, I know without a doubt, you know, God's going to yeah. do this. When I pray for somebody else, I know for, without a doubt, they're going to see their miracle. But why was I having problem in my own life questioning or it really just at the root of it, I would call it fear, like worry. And God would say, well, don't you trust me with your kids? Right. Like you were saying, don't you trust what I said will come to pass? Why do you think we struggle with that? I'm just curious because... Like, I understand that. Like, I could give you a word or I could have a conversation with somebody and be like, I know God said that. No problem. But then I'll get a word, 
either from somebody or I'm journaling. I hear the Lord say something and I'm like, yeah, but really? Are you sure? Right. Like, why? why? Why do you think you struggle with that? Is it because of the snake in the garden? Okay. To the Satan. That's what he did with Eve, yeah. right? Didn't, did God really say? So he does the same old tactic he did back then. Right. And he does it to his part. He does it to every single one of us. Yeah. Did God really say? And so, you know, and oftentimes God, what God says is way bigger than we could ever fathom. And so that's how you know it's God. If, it, if it's small and something we can obtain, we don't even need God. And I think that's where it comes from. I think it comes from the enemy trying yeah. to mirror us off. Okay. What are you most excited about right now? Like what is God doing in your guys' life or your life that like you're most excited that you see on the cusp? Like I just, the moment I said that I see like the sunset cause we're facing like where I see the sunset come in the morning right there. So what is it that like, is you feel like is about to come up that you're experiencing? That's a great question. I'm fired up for revival. And when I say revival, I am not talking about an event. Like okay. everyone says, oh, revival. I'm talking about, I'm excited for Jesus. I don't even the like one. the word anymore to be right. like, I it's really, it literally bugs me when I hear churches say, we're having revival service. The moment they say that I shut down, I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound right. like, yeah, I'm talking like the real authentic, like God is just showing in people's homes and businesses and right. lives and marriages, like not the church, us, the church. In essence, I guess it's, we're not really excited for revival. We're re- excited for Jesus moving through us because we're just mm-hmm. vessels of dust that he fills with his glory. Amen. So when he does that, he revives what is dead in each of our lives. And so what you see with that is you see those, there's a lot who are called into the kingdom of God who think this stuff just sounds out there, right? Yeah. Um, they're in the cold. You know, human traffickers, all kinds of people that God is going to quicken, bring into the kingdom. Um, you're going to see all these people you never would have thought, just like Paul, right? Get bring, brought into the kingdom. And also you're going to see... There's, uh, some, there's some church people the dead that, are gonna, that are going to need some deliverance from what God's about to do. Right. <laughs> That's right. They're going to manifest. They're going to be like, just, just like... Uh, you know, the disciples had a hard time when Paul first got saved or something like that. I mean, people yeah. are just going to be like, God saved you type. Right. Here, here's what God told me. It's the parable of the worker. So he hires one in the, in, in the morning, pays them the same wage as the one that he hires in the afternoon, and then he hires one in the evening. The one who got hired in the morning, which is the Christian who's been doing it for 45 years or whatever, getting the same wage as that who's been doing it for 10 years, is the same wage as the one who got saved a week ago. And guess what? They all, they're all getting the same. They're going to get radically healed, saved and delivered. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be sent out. Well, that, you know, some of our religious folks, and I used to be one, I'm glad I got brought out of that, are going to be like, well, how come that person who was homeless and living on the street and shooting up can work miracles, but it took me this long? Yeah. So what? God can do what he wants, right? Matter, if, yeah. if we, so that's what's going on. That's what I'm excited about. I'm just curious, like perfectly, what do you see? I know what you're excited about, but what do you see happening? Like, coming up like what are you sensing or feeling right and so it it says in john it talks about how those who have labored before us have sown seeds for the harvest that now he's talking to the disciples get a step into and so that's what's happening right now Um, we've heard about it we've all heard about bob jones you know and certain people like that and even kenneth hagan i can't remember all of them all these people who have passed before us even smith wigglesworth giving prophetic words about guess what our generation so what did they do they sowed their whole lives they sowed it and so we're now stepping into that harvest so it takes yielding and stepping in but that is where we are right now prophetically and that's why we're and it's not about us yeah. and we need to be thanking god why us yeah why why us why are we going to be able to step in and so what we do with that is we step in 
to that harvest, and then we labor for the next generation to step into our harvest. Amen. If you think about that, when you talk about labor, it's, it's serving. Our yeah. job is to serve. They served us in a way spiritually. Right. And now our job is to serve others. Yes. Okay. So one question that I never deviate that I've asked every episode, so 190 episodes. If you could go back to the younger share, what age, you remember Back to the Future, right? Yeah. Okay. So what age would you go back to and what advice would you tell yourself if you went back? I would go back to whenever I was 16. Okay. And what I would do is I would give, I would minister to myself about identity. Because mm. if I would have known my identity, there were some things that, you know, I know God worked it all for good. Yeah. But I would have um, avoided a lot of pits that I fell into on my own. I've never asked somebody to do this. Talk to Cher. 16-year-old Cher, what, what does your identity look like? What is that? What does that 16-year-old identity, what does she need to hear from you? Okay, so 16-year-old Cher, I speak to you, and I just tell you, and you know what? This is a part of inner healing, okay. so we do this. So I tell you that you're loved, that you're worthy, and that whenever you look at yourself, you need to see see yourself the way that God sees you. And so take a moment right now, 16-year-old Cher, and close your eyes, and I want you to see what God sees. And what he sees is Jesus and him on that cross. So whatever he died for you, that's your identity. And that's how God sees you. When God sees you, he sees you clean. He sees your slate wiped clean. He sees you pure and he sees you holy. So just know that you're loved and sit in the presence of that for a moment, share Just sit into that presence and receive that love in Jesus name. Amen. That's good, man. That's <laughs> that's going to set some people free just listening to that today. So, okay. So parting thoughts, share. Why don't you tell people how they can get a hold of you, website, phone numbers, whatever, and just kind of what you're what you have going on and what you're doing as we close out. I just like to keep it simple, right? We just okay. got to make things simple. So the best way to get a hold of me is at IWNKS.com. It stands for I Will Not Keep Silent. And so the phone number's on there. There's a contact page on there. There's a, the contact page you can send in your prayer request. And that's the best way to get a hold of us. And of course, get involved. I encourage all of you to just to get involved with what we're doing. Stay up to date uh, with, you know, the thing where we're going to be, especially for Roar in 2022, you know, just coming up, uh, reach out and revolutionize. You know, I love that because what it was, was a vision of mine combined with uh, Casey and yours vision. And so it's a prophetic vision coming together in the way that we met. I met your wife was divine in itself. So we do expect God to show up. We expect you to experience the the glory of God, a fresh reset. I know a lot of us need a fresh reset, right? You know, Mm -hmm. resets are good. Uh, Miracles, deliverance, prophetic moments. And you're going to leave encountering God. When you get in touch with me and you can ask anybody that's been involved in our ministry, you can read the testimonies online. That's all we care about is that you encounter God. What did Jesus do? He pointed people to the Father. Yeah. Like that's literally our only job. It's not about us. It's not about ministry. It's not about platform. Uh, It's not about podcasts or TV shows. It's literally all about glorifying Jesus and allowing people to experience the Father the way he intended. Exactly. Amen. All right, Roar Nation, I hope that inspired you, that fired you up to go after Jesus. Um, I love Cher's story. We'll dive into more stuff these coming months. I hope you reach out. Go to her website. You can check out uh, Roar 2022. It's going to be in Amarillo, Texas on Saturday, July 9th. Um, And it's going to be from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Going to be a long, powerful day. 
Hey, please reach out to us if you would. Get on iTunes, leave us some comments of how this podcast has impacted you or what it's doing for you. You can also go to areyoureal.org and uh, go to areyoureal.org. You can send us an email uh, if you got prayer requests, the same or you need anything. I'd just love to hear from you guys and what God's doing. So, all right, y'all be blessed. Thank you so much. Remember, be real, be authentic, and be you. Bye. That's all for this episode of Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You. Be sure to go to areyoureal.org for your free questionnaire to identify your gifts and talents and how you can use them to help people become leaders and catapult them into their destiny to help others become the leaders of tomorrow. We appreciate you spending your time with us and look forward to helping you reach out and revolutionize next time on Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You.